today? Are I going to school? No, tomorrow. Oh, me? Good morning, everybody, and those of you in the lobby, if you can make your way. In. I was just telling Tom we need those chimes that they use in, in, when you go to the theater and the lights that go on and off. But we'll usher you in. Yeah, thanks for the laugh. By the way, the piano's getting tuned this week. Won't sound like a saloon piano anymore. <laughs> and sing. Love. 
Father, we just want to pause this morning and thank you for this beautiful day, even though it's raining. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to gather in your house and worship you this morning. We're thankful, God, that we can worship in all things and that all life is worship. We're thankful, God, that you are God and that you're Lord of our lives and that you're Lord of all of our situations, Father. And we're thankful for the assurance that you give us in everything. Father, we love you, Lord, and we give this service to you this morning, Lord. We love you and thank you.
Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning, church family. I'm Deb McCormick, um, and I'm going to uh, lead testimony time. So um, if anyone's had any God sightings this week, um, anything you'd like to share with us, um, get you just a second, Jackie. Let me read one verse, and then we'll start. <laughs> um, but yes, we'll do that. So while we're thinking about that, um, I just wanted to read... This is from Psalm, uh, Psalm 9. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. Father, we do praise you. We praise you and we take this time to share it with our, our family and church here this morning. So Jackie's got something. I just want to thank God for all the beautiful turning leaves this fall. And I also want to thank God for the pumpkins. It's, a, it's that time of year. Amen. Um, I've got one to share. Um, and uh, we've got a new grandbaby, as I think I already told everybody, and if you haven't heard, you want to see pictures, let me know. <laughs> um, but our granddaughter, our granddaughter, our um, daughter-in-law uh, was going through postpartum depression, and it was, it's rough, you know, having a newborn and that on top of it all. Thursday morning, we were praying with the morning connection group, and um, there were a couple of us praying. Um, I saw Mandy later on that day, and she said that morning a cloud lifted, and she felt so much better. I'm like, praise God, praise God. Yep, yep. Thank you. Um, I have been uh, the the woman with the issue of blood has come up several times for me in um, the past week or so. I saw a video about it and. During devotion, we um, also talked about it. And so I think when things happen to me multiply like that, um, or multiple times, Father's trying to show me something. And I started to think about that woman and how desperate she must have felt. Because she had an issue of blood, she probably spent most of her time in isolation and without, you know, human connection. And I just had this vision of her just being so afraid, even her body just tense as she's, you know, trying to get to Jesus. And she's, she was like, I don't need to hold his hand. I don't need to, you know, have him talk to me if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And so I just imagine her just reaching down between people just to touch him. And it made me think that we, if you've been in the church for a long time, we kind of get complacent when it comes to God. You know, we pray or we, you know, do the things we do, but are we actually running after him? Are we actually seeking him? Like, 
I want, when she touched him, he said, someone touched me. He was in a crowd of people. The disciples were like, uh, of course someone touched you, you're in a crowd of people. But he knew that something was different because of the desperation and the faith that she had. And so the other morning I got up and I, after I'd been thinking about that and I said, Father, I'm coming for you today. I'm coming for you. You're not going to have to look for me. I am coming for you. So as, as an encouragement, as an, a prompting, just, just run after him. Just run after him. Don't let it be said, you know, he had to come looking for you. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's look at John and Kim coming up. And anyone on Zoom, um, they could just um, put their name in the chat, and then we'll spotlight them. There you guys go. I'll try. <clears throat> um, hi, everyone. I'm Kim, and this is my husband, John. Oh, I'm going to get as far as I can. <laughs> I guess we wanted to say uh, we've, well, maybe not over the last week, but over the last however many months since we've been coming here. So we've, uh, Kim moved to Michigan in August of last year. So it was during the pandemic, uh, she wanted to find a church here obviously, but um, <laughs> we both uh, were praying about it and uh, we kind of watched a handful of services on Facebook and Zoom and stuff and then when we saw Genesis, the first time, I think both of us were just like, this is it. Uh, as soon as, well, yeah, as soon as uh, you guys started coming back in person, we came. And then, yeah, I think just uh, we're so grateful to have had the time here. Oh, yeah, so we're leaving uh, this week, moving back to uh, Honolulu, which is where we're both originally from. Um, and, yeah, so we, we just wanted to say, I guess, thank you to all of you. And <laughs> Um, and I think that last song, um, the lyrics, you give me everything, that's really spoken to us this past year. I think when I moved here, I was kind of stagnant in my faith um, journey, and John and I had been going to different churches, both Christian churches, but um, that was a big piece of our relationship of, you know, how do we, how do we figure this out? Um, and when we went to marriage counseling, um, someone kept telling us, you know, seek Jesus, and if you're both seeking Jesus, then, you know, you're on the right path, and um, <laughs> I think... You can do it. Um, Genesis has been really great because it's really challenged us both in our church walk, in our faith walk, and it's held us accountable and given us a community, and there have been just so many doors as we, um, we've been able to reflect where, you know, we stop and think, you know, this wouldn't have been possible on our own accord, and um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's so tough weaving, but we feel like God's called us back to Hawaii with our families, and you can even ask John, he has a story where, I think his exact words were, God slapped me on the face, um, 
when, when we were um, thinking about moving, but it's just, you know. Anyway, in conclusion. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, thanks be to God for all of you for this church. Um, I've never seen or witnessed a more loving, welcoming church family. I don't think I've ever made friends as fast as I've made friends here, which was just amazing. And yeah, thank you. How about if we um, all pray for uh, John and Kim and their travels? So if you guys could all stand up and we'll, we'll pray with them. Oh, Abba Father, we, we thank you for John and Kim and um, thank you for this chance that they get to go back and be with their family. And um, Father, we just know that you go before them, that you're with them right now. And we pray for every detail, every single detail. Pray that you'll multiply their time these next couple days as they can pack everything up. Pray the boxes get shipped out well and that they arrive well. And Father, when they arrive um, in Hawaii, I pray first thing, Father, that you would connect them with another church family, arms wide open, and that they will just um, fit right in and that they'll uh, send us many updates and keep in touch. <laughs> it's all for your glory, Father. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone else have any God sightings they'd like to say? Oh, um, I'm supposed to talk about the um, chalkboard out in the lobby. So um, if you have had God sightings, if you could jot them on that chalkboard, chalkboard, that'd be great. It's been cleaned off from the September ones, but there was an image taken of it first. And there it is up on the screen. And those are all the ones from September. And if we can start again for October and just fill that chalkboard up again, that'd be great. Right, isn't it great? <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyone else have anything else to share? We have one more. Good morning. Uh, this is me and Ryan's first time back in 18 months, and this morning I want to testify to God's goodness and his generosity and who he is as a father. Uh, those of you who don't know, me and Ryan have been through a really, really hard time. Um, we've been displaced this whole pandemic and that chapter is closing and uh, I've been really, really sick, really heart sick, really physically sick from it. And uh, I was in the darkest place and God found me no matter how lost you are, no matter where you are, he knows exactly where you are and exactly who you need, and he will provide just when you're about to give up hope if you're looking for him and seeking him. And that is what we have found. Every time my faith is going to fail, God sends prayer, God sends generosity, God sends somebody, scripture. And so many people over the last week have stepped up and said, here I am, how can I help? And uh, we're still tired, we're still exhausted, but God has been so good. 
and his generosity has been with us through the church, through our pastors, through, through everybody, through people we wouldn't have ever thought. And uh, it's also Pastor Appreciation Month, I heard on Caleb, so I wanna thank Nate and Bo for all the love and support. And I wanna praise God for all the things that he keeps doing. Yes, praise God. Anyone else? All right. Good morning, church. Welcome to Genesis. Whether you're joining us here in person or on the interwebs, we're so glad that you're joining us this morning. Uh, my name is Jerry Gaskell. I'm going to give you some announcements real quick. Um, at this time, if you have a smart device with you, take it out right now. Go to genesisthechurch.org or follow the text that you received um, to fill out our digital card online. It's our connection card. You can also scan the QR code that will be on the screen. While you're looking at the digital card, please let us know if you'd like to help serve um, as a greeter or an usher or on the coffee team. As we're getting back into person, um, we are limited on the number of volunteers that we have um, and could really use some extra hands. So if you're interested, mark it on there. Also, elder nominations are taking place. You can place your nominations on the digital connection card as well. If you didn't receive a text this morning and would like to, you can text Genesis texts to 94000. Today we are taking communion together. So if you're at home, grab a cracker, piece of bread, something that you can, can eat at that moment, and then also something to drink like juice or even water if that's what you have. If you're here in person, there's these little I don't know, communion packets, I don't know what they're called. They're fun though. <laughs> um, where the juice and the crackers in there, they're in the back, in the, that area back there. Not sure what that's called. That's okay though. <laughs> um, but if, send a runner, go grab some communion if you're at home. Also, the missional work of Genesis needs to be uplifted by serious prayer. Dan Buttry over here, if you wanna wave, Dan. That's Dan. He's putting together a serious team of prayer warriors uh, who would commit to weekly prayer for specific needs for our compassion partners, the missionaries that we send and support from Genesis, and also any concerns that come from any of our missional communities. You can see Dan after service or email him or text him. Um, and this is for people, again, who are uh, committed to the work of intercession. And we really need people to be praying for our partners that we support. Finally, the 2021 budget will be, will be released this week for you to review. There will be a Q&A on Zoom on October 17th following the service. And then we'll, we will affirm the budget on October 24th. And at this moment, we'll have a short time for connections. So you can turn to your neighbor and say hello. Thanks.
Good morning. Super to have you guys worshiping in person and on Zoom and on Facebook. Great to be with you on this first Sunday in October. Last week, we had the chance to eat together as a community on the last Sunday of September. And that was just fabulous. And we're going to be eating together again on Halloween, October the 31st, the last Sunday of this month, right? So, and yes, we're going to be barbecuing. It's our covenant Sunday. It's the chance that we celebrate um, that the relationship of the church and the language of God's connection with us is one that God uses the language of family, right? And it's a covenant language, right? And that can connect. That's a super intimate and connected and rich. And so have eating together and celebrating together is just fabulous. So Derek and I are going to be smoking briskets and turkey breasts. And so going all out for it. And you guys brought your best dishes this last time. Whoever brought that corn elote dish last Sunday, you've got to bring that again. Anybody else have a favorite dish you want to yell out? Yeah. Um, I, I Do it. The mac and cheese. Tony's throwing it out there. Whoever brought those mac and cheeses, bring it. So um, it's just going to be a chance to eat together again, to celebrate together. Um, and if you're on, uh, we will be outside for that as well. So that's on October 31st. So sort of mark that as you can. It's Halloween. Um, but it'll be a great chance to eat together following. Uh, there's another part of connecting to worship that day. It's Tony's birthday? Oh, nice, Tony. That is fabulous. Uh, thank you for your continued contributions. Thank you for those who uh, we leverage our resources for the work of God here in this community. So thank you for those who have switched that to making that online, who have been mailing in checks and, and doing that to sustain the community continues to allow us to dream about what God's inviting us to do. And again, you'll, you'll begin to see the budget for this next year as we reflect those contributions. Uh, I think some of the things that we'll be talking about is that how we're continuing to move closer. I don't know if we've hit the 10% for giving away funds outwardly, or, but we're moving in that direction for what we do and what we're trying to be about as a community. So thank you for that. So let me just pause and give God thanks. So Father, thank you for your good provision. And you heard in the testimony time today, your provision from Andy and postpartum and God, your provision for Ryan and Bethany, your provision for John and Kim, your provision for Jackie as she shared. Hi, Lord, you are the God who provides your provision for Amanda. God, you are a good provider. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, for the, the needs that we come in, and we're even having where today just feels heavy, we're distracted, overwhelmed, we're concerned for others. Oh, Lord, God, come. This be a time to connect with you. Connect with one another. But God, thank you for your love, and we say meet the needs, Lord, in our city, of our neighbors, of our families, of our coworkers. Oh, let your kingdom come, God. Break in with your love. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Amen. So we, um, uh, when we were talking about just one more kind of announcement kind of thing, right, for September, we said, hey, we're going to wear masks as we're in the building. That's just a way of supporting our families. All of our, most anybody under the age of 12 hasn't had the chance to get a, hasn't had the vaccine. We know, um, and we're, and we're wanting to support families and for kids going to school. And so we just said, over September, just, just wear a mask. And that's what we were encouraging people for September. And people were doing it, so thank you. Um, our posture that we're kind of even kind of saying, how do we, what is this stage that we're in? And, and again, we're still trying to navigate it. I mean, this last week, Jenna and Tom, Jenna's best friend's dad, died of COVID this last week. We were praying for Stephanie Scobie's brother, John, who's been in the hospital, having received the vaccine and is in the hospital, and had his best day yet yesterday, right? So it's, it's like there's still people, and so we're asking this question, what do, what do we do? And so we kind of said, hey, um, this lobby, it's a public space. Our kids are running. We're asking our kids to be masked. All their teachers upstairs are masked. Everyone who is in the olive branch of the week is masked. I just care for families, right? And so we're saying, hey, as we're in the lobby and as we stick in, uh, as we walk around in those uh, really public spaces with all the families, what, if you can, wear your mask. If you can drink coffee, you can pull it down. But when we said, out, oh, as you step in here, and if you want, you can, you can take your mask off in here in the sanctuary, if you'd like. And again, it's not like you have to. We know there's people saying, ah, I'm still leery. I'm still, right? I'm, I, you feel the weight and, and that. And if it's, a, if it's a help, wear it. Or if you've got someone vulnerable in your family, wear it, right? So that's the posture that we're taking. We're continuing trying to seek wisdom in that. But we're wanting to have a posture of love. So there's our mask update. If you have questions about that, you can grab me. You can grab Nate. You can grab one of the elders. You can grab Jenna or Nikki as we're looking to make those decisions. So we're talking about our values. And we're going to be here for the rest of October. And today the value is, the title of this value, all of our values are out there in the lobby, but today's is, all of life is worship. That's the value for today. And so um, we have the value written up there, and I would love for us to read this out loud. And so would you join with me and reading this value, that we would do it together? Here it is. Okay. All of life is worship. God is good. In response to God's faithfulness, we are compelled to respond with worship, reverence, and praise in all areas of our lives, in work, play, study, prayer, giving, and service. That is the value. All of life is worship. And so as we've been going through our values too, we've been highlighting um, our missional communities. And we know that in our community, some, even what we would say, these missional communities feel very, um, that title kind of spooks some people, right? Because they're like, oh, we're not doing enough. And this value feels the same way. All of life is worship. It's like, ah, I'm, sometimes I'm worshiping God, and other times I'm doing dishes or yelling at my kids or I'm doing work, right? And it's like, oh, but <sighs> take a deep breath. This value is not about doing more. This value is not about you performing better. This value is not about you having to have Caleb worship station on 24-7. Right? 
No, that's not, what this, that's not what this value is. This value isn't like, oh, God's not really happy unless you worship him a little bit more. This value is a little bit different than that. And so take a deep breath. If you, if you step in, and most of us probably step into church saying, oh, I can do better, I can do better, I can do better. And even when we talk about our groups and our missional communities, we all had this feeling of like, oh, I can do better, I'm not doing enough. And it's like, oh, that's not at all who we are. We have a God who is at work, who is working, and beautifully invites us with him in his love. And so we want to highlight just people going on this journey together, loving each other, wanting to say yes to those the mission of God, which is sharing his love to the world, wanting to be a community together, a group of worshipers. And so Amanda, I'm going to invite Amanda Hines up. And Amanda was saying that she also may want to have Nasha, who's in her group, sharing too. And Nasha joins from Zoom. So Nasha, if you want to spotlight yourself and unmute, you certainly can. And so we'll have a conversation here. Hi. And so the... Um, what we would have in the group share about is so, Amanda, in, of this value, right, that all of life is worship, you know, and responding to God's faithfulness and God's goodness, how do you see your group, your missional community, a community that you have living, living into this value? How does, how does this value kind of percolate within, within your community? Um, I was prompted by the Lord to... Um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> And there is Nasha and that Christian that you're hearing too. Um, I was prompted by the Lord um, probably six years ago to, um, because I had this um, desire to um, get to the bare bones of the gospel, you know, and to just back to his word. And so I was prompted six years ago to start the Bible study. Well, we've had the Bible study for four years. So if you can do the math, you see there was two years of, you know, Lord, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Um, and like I said, it started with just Bible study. We would get together on Friday nights and, um, you know, just go through the word. But it grew. Um, we eat together. And when we celebrate things, we celebrate them together as the group. It just grew into that. Um, we do different things. We've, been, we've done the warming center together, community cafe, and different things in our neighborhood. But it feels like um, a family, like if, I, if my family was hosting something, that's what our Bible study feels like. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's, really, it's not hard. It's just us being together and um, doing life together. We have an open thread that we all post in throughout the week, whether it's a song that has caught our attention or a Bible verse. So it's just about encouragement and us doing things together. And I think when you said that our, our group was a communal, I mean, was a missional community, I was like, well, I guess, I guess it is, but it doesn't feel heavy. So that's why, you know, it was surprising, but we are doing those things. So, yeah. And if, Nasha, do you have anything else to say? Yes, and I suppressed my stuff, so you shouldn't be able to hear Christian. Um, the thing I would say about it is even within our group, our regular Bible study group, we actually were talking about this yesterday, that, you know, where two or more are gathered, God is there. 
And because of the relationship that we have within our group, even separately, I probably have church every day from the conversations that I'm having with other people in the group or in my work or in my play um, and actually talking about how, what I, how I hear God or how I see God or how this, this situation impacted this situation. I know that I had God because he was talking to me a week ago and this is what it manifested into. So it's, it, it's just become honestly a part of life. Um, so much so that every Thursday, my daughter, my nine and 13 year old son are usually like, do we have Bible study tomorrow? Not that they come to Bible study, but it has become part of their rhythm and their routine for the kids to be together, knowing that we are having Bible study um, and we bring them along too. So I'm one to just think, oh my gosh, this is way too hard. I can't do this. It's so easy. Looks like I got muted as soon as she started talking. It's so easy and has been life-changing to have that relationship, to have that focus and vision together, and to have another, uh, another group of women that I truly believe were sent to me by God to be prayer, prayer warriors and to expand my focus on him. And it's just been awesome something's going on, the first thing we do is text one another. Hey, this is going on. Can you pray for this? Whether it's me personally or one of us personally or someone in our other circles. So this is happening to somebody at my job. Can we pray for them? Um, can you lift this person up in prayer? Um, can you keep this person in your thoughts? And it's just, it's just what we do. It's become so natural. That is awesome. Thank you, Nasha. And Mandy, you talked about it a little bit, right? But when you think about just how you would describe stepping into the mission that God's continuing to put before you and the women there, how do you see that playing out? How do I see it playing out? Yeah, how do you see that, right? And like even as you're kind of saying, oh yeah, this seems to be just becoming easy because it's, right? You're like, we're, we're, we are stepping in with our neighbors and people are stepping in with coworkers and serving in the warming center and putting out food pantries and... and Right? So when you think about the who that God is continuing to move you and your group around, uh, how would you describe that? I have thoughts about that. <laughs> God wants us to stretch and expand. And that has been difficult for me because I feel very safe with the current group. So I think even in what we are doing and how we interact, I, I even feel God wants us to stretch a little bit and open a little bit more. Um, but that's been a process because for some of us, me, that's, that's a, a, a comfort zone issue. I get comfortable, not complacent. We, we share a lot mm-hmm. and we, we open up a lot and it feels almost like a closed group. So to open it up to new people can make people feel, can make me I'll say me, feel very vulnerable. So in that, I have even excused myself from meeting sometimes when I know new people are going to be there. God, I'm a work in progress. God is still working on me. So I, I, that's my feeling, and I've never said that to Amanda, but I feel like God wants <laughs> us to stretch. There's a reason why I've never said it. God wants us to stretch, but some of us are, me, I am 
very resistant in that. <laughs> yes, I mean, actually, that was going to go right along with what I was going to say. I feel like we have gotten to the place that we're comfortable and we're, not that I'm saying I'm Jesus, but I feel, I feel like the disciples, you know, there was yeah. a time where they were together and they built relationships and then he sent them out. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we're in that next stage where we're, we're stretching and actually looking for opportunities to be ambassadors. And it doesn't feel as heavy um, because we're doing it together. Yeah. Yeah. And we have Kieran back there. She's, she sat back in the back, so I wouldn't say anything to her, but she's, she's part of our group as well. And um, I think that's what he's pulling us into. He's pulling us into more of the out mm -hmm. and um, to the world to be uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable by yourself and yeah. alone, but to be stretched for kingdom work together as a Beautiful. unit. Amen. I hope that answers your question. Yep. Okay. So you are Jesus, as Jesus said that we are, right? Together we are the bigger picture of Jesus, right? That we are the representatives. And so um, open your mouth as if Jesus was talking, mm -hmm. right? Open your home as if it was Jesus' home. Those are, you are the hands and feet of Jesus as your hands and feet were Jesus's. Amen. Right? And so that, uh, we're not perfect examples. Mm -mm but we are living examples, yes. right? And that's what we get to, we get to be a part of. So when, what night does your group meet? Fridays. Friday nights, what time? Seven o'clock. Friday ish. night, seven o'clock-ish. Seven o'clock-ish, there's food. Y'all heard that, right? I've had some Amanda's food or other food's food, it's good. <laughs> so if you're looking to connect in the community, right? If you're looking to want to pursue Jesus, if you're looking to want to live that out in community with others, um, grab a man and just kind of know that they're living this out. And if you're being encouraged to start something as well, who's saying, ah, oh, I, I, I sense God invited me to form community and try to, try to follow Jesus together with a group of people because it feels lonely, then you can be encouraged by this journey. If you're like, hey, I've been sitting for two years and then God's been saying, put some people together, share mm -hmm. a meal, mm -hmm. right? Maybe that's you. And maybe it takes two years. Right? But may you be able to say yes. And if you want somebody to talk about that, grab Amanda. I also want to say that we did have a member leave our group to begin her own group. And she's still a part of the group. She's still a part of the conversations, the prayers, and stuff like that. So that is, that's amazing. That's, that's fruit just going out. So that, that was praiseworthy right there. Awesome. We affirm you. We bless you. We celebrate the community that meets there, Nasha and Karen, and those who meet as a community of Jesus. Go, Jesus, go. Go, Jesus, go. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs>
right? All of life is this response to God's goodness. And when Jesus was asked the greatest commandment, right, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The first part of that command was a, was um, a text that Jesus was quoting that's called the Shema. It's a, it's a historic Jewish prayer. It's prayed every day. It's called Shema because it begins with listen. That's what Shema means. It means hear, listen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God. Right? It's where it starts with. And then it goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. And then it tells you about how to do that. With everything you have, love God. And then in, with, your, with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. These are all these instructions that are saying, oh, take this with you everywhere. All of life is worship. And for Jewish people, study is worship. And they study. And he's saying, oh, let this conversation feel everything. Teach it to your kids. On your lying down, talk about it. On your rising up, on your sitting, on your sleeping, on your walking. Continue to press these. Put this on your hand. Tie it on your hand. Put it on your forehead. Um, the mezuzah, you'll put it on the door frames of your house with that instruction. Just to remind you. Oh, everywhere we go, God is with us. Again, that feels heavier, right? Doesn't it? Maybe this makes it even feel heavier, too, from Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That all of life is worship. How about everything that comes from my tongue and every thought that goes into my head? Being pleasing to God, worship to God. Yeah, that kind of feels heavy, doesn't it? Romans 12 says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly a way to worship him with your physical body. Offer all of your physicalness to God. All of your living, all of your breathing all of your moving to God as an act of worship. Let it be pleasing in your body. Not just your thinking, and not just your speaking, but in all of your doing as an act of worship. Offer it to him as a sacrifice. It feels heavy, doesn't it? It feels like there's more to be done. Like you just need to do more. Even as we're encouraged. First Corinthians, whatever you eat or drink, and whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So your eating and drinking is an act of worship before God. So what do we, what do, we do with this? Because even as I look at this value, you continue to feel like even all these texts here, as we kind of just pull them, it's like, you need to do a little better. And yet our God... It, that's not usually how God wants to speak to us. That's how the accuser speaks to us. You're not doing enough. Just do this better, and God's going to like you just a little bit more. (laughs) Right? 
this last week, as I was processing even this, and um, we, about three weeks ago, we went to my sister-in-law's house, and they got this little door that has this little phrase on it, right, on this little chalkboard door. And I was looking at it, and I took note of it. And it's one of those things that just, I read it, and it stuck with me. And I called my brother-in-law, and I was like, hey, what's the little statement on your chalkboard? What's that, what's that about? And he was like, Bo, we've had that written on there for like two years, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, and I've seen it, right? I don't know, right? I walked by it all the time. But this, this last time, it grabbed me. And this was the statement. Organize around connection, not performance. That was the statement. And, it, it, and you know, you read something and something just nabs you, right? Like it, it grabs a hold. It's like God wants to start having. I, I take any kind of stimulus out, stimulus that kind of takes hold of me as a way to process and pull others into the conversation and talk about it and allow God to stir into it. Organize around connection, not performance. Now, it, that statement came from an activist um, after George Floyd's, George Floyd's murder, right, for all the people who were um, organizing, but yet some of the organizing was just the performance of marching and not about connection. That, that was the context of it, right? So I'm, I'm pulling it from the context, right? Because it was speaking into the context of my life right now. Organize around connection, not performance, Right? We're not trying to gather so we can perform these certain things. Even here, we're not trying to gather so we can perform these things where we're going to sing some songs, right? And Tom's going to play his trumpet, and we're going to do some things. We're going to say some prayers, and then we're going to go. And that performing is going to make God feel good. It's like, no, 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 we're, we're gathering around connection. Connection with the living God. Connection with one another. Image bearers of God. And even our worship is not about a performance. Like you're going you're gonna to do something better and more through the day. You know, we're, we're about connecting. And wanting that connection to be more present with us in all of life. To have a more intimate connection with God in all of our life. So that all of life is worship. And so when we are working, it's not purely this performance of our job. It's this connection with God who's pleased with what we're doing and a connection that we're having people around us and something richer that's going on, deeper meaning that's being added in meaningful work that we're doing that is truly adding to the greater good the greater good of individuals and of others, and it's an act of worship to God. As even the Apostle Paul wrote about that of work, saying, hey, work, work hard, right? Work well. It brings honor to God. Allow God to be with you in your work. Let there be connection in there. I remember Dallas Willard writing about that, and he said, um, God, Jesus, was the greatest architect Jesus was the greatest engineer. Jesus was the greatest financial consultant. Jesus was the greatest lawyer. Jesus was the greatest bridge builder, figuratively and literally. Right? Like, um, he, right, Jesus is the greatest of all. And so, Jesus is the greatest counselor, therapist. Right? 
And so it's like, oh, let connection with Jesus be in it all. It's all worship. Jesus was the greatest IT person. Jesus was the greatest caregiver in hospitals, right? The greatest teacher. We can pull Jesus in. So all of life, all of life is worship. And, and in this, we want to organize around connection, not performance. If worship is performance, it's heavy. If worship is connection, it's a gift, right? And so we organize around connection. I love the time that I have in the mornings with friends as we gather in the scriptures and we listen to a song, but, we, but the longing is to organize around connection and for that connection to have a residue that continues to remind me of God's closeness and God's goodness in our day. So all of life is this response to God's closeness and goodness and connection, the God who's with us. So let me read Romans 8, because I think here's the picture of all of life as worship that doesn't feel heavy. And so this is the text I want to kind of lead us into communion with, anchor our hearts as we think about this value, to one that might even let us live this value in a way that we breathe it in and say, oh yeah, that's good, right? That's not one that's saying, I need to do this better. It's just being able to breathe it in. So this is Romans 8, and um, if you want to pick it up and read more of Romans 8, you can, because this is a beautiful chapter that is sort of written that says um, that Jesus has pushed everything that would condemn us away, right? There is no condemning in God who has saved us. And it even goes on to say that God has given us his spirit, and this spirit helps us to cry out, Father, the most intimate connection where we could be adopted into God's family as God's kids. And not only are we God's kids, but we're heirs in the family of God, who is the creator and the owner and the master of all things. We're heirs with God, right? And so that's where it's kind of going on. And so this is in verse 31. It goes on and says this. And what shall we say about, in what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God's for us, Who can ever be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Telling the story of Jesus there, right? Jesus laying his life down. Right? To cover our faults, to pay our debts, to free us from death, sin, and shame. Right? To go under those of us who have fallen into despair so he could come under the, the one who had fallen the deepest in order to raise them up to life. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Now there's one who would dare to accuse you, right? The liar. Plus there's no one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. God has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. 
That's the posture of God right now. What? Right? <laughs> what? Died for us, was raised to life, sits at the right hand of God in the place of our honor, interceding for us. Cheering us on. Praying for us in the same way that Jesus interceded for Peter and said, oh, Satan wants to sift you. Right? Satan wants to have a way with you. The enemy wants to deceive you. Right? Your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing. When you've returned, strengthen the brothers and sisters. Right? That prayer. And that be for us. He intercedes for us, praying for us. This beautiful love. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, the sake of God, we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. Now, despite these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today. Do you have any fears for today that might separate you from God's love? How about worries about tomorrow? Neither angels nor demons Neither, oh, here we go, where did I skip off to? Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, neither my reading of the scripture, (laughs) not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed, that was revealed, right, that is being revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. So when we talk about all of life is worship, it's not built on your performance. Right? Do you get that now? It's built on this overwhelming, beautiful truth of God's love for us, this connection in God's love. It doesn't mean that you're not going to feel distant potentially from that. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hardship and calamity and all this, right? That's exactly what Paul was just encouraging us. But it's just saying nothing can separate us from God's love. This love is present in all of life. There's living in that love. Breathing it in, responding to it, and then all of life is a response to God's overwhelming love for us. Sometimes you recognize it, that overwhelming sense of God's presence, nearness, and goodness, and love, and other times it fills 
cavernous and so far away. But it doesn't change the reality that nothing separates us from this love. There, um, the, the ancient, there was a number of people who created these practices, right? And th- this one practice that um, was called the, the prayer of examine has us pause and over almost each day and each week asking those questions. When did God feel the closest? And when did God feel the furthest away? When did you feel the most alienated from God? And when did you feel the closest to God? And part of this is just us being in tune, right, with these realities of what we feel and how our emotions and our engagement, so that we can be aware and then we can open up these conversations so that we can be more um, keyed in. When did you feel the closest? When did you feel the furthest? process that for a second. Maybe over the last week. When did you feel the the most closest to God, the greatest connection? When did God feel the furthest from you? And that's not to say because you felt that that God was far. It's part of it that we we open up a conversation and we say, all right, God, nothing separates you from a love, but what was going on here? What was going on here? You felt so far. I felt so alone. I felt right you can begin to ask God. Because that right there is a conversation of worship. Helping us being tuned, being more present to God. His love is, is with us. Deb mentioned that moment when she was mentioning that her daughter was having postpartum, right? That's so sad, right? Like they, you have this child, you're celebrating, and then she is feeling the attack. Right? And Deb was praying for her. Right? And, it, and I don't even know what scripture we read that morning in the life of Jesus, but I too felt like, you know, just mad. It was sort of like mad at what was going on, but also like faith, right? And we prayed. Right? It felt like, wow, God was with us. I felt close, engaged, pursuing. And then Deb responds the next day, and it's like, hey, when we prayed, boom, it was gone. And I was like, what? Right? But I asked that question, when does God feel the furthest? 8.30. When I got to put the kids to bed. Right? Right, it does, right? You're just like, let, the, let me get through this. Let's, right? Or, or that lull between you, they've eaten and when they got to go to bed, the witching hour, the longest hour of the day, right? What? H- how about you? When you think about when did God feel the closest last week? And when did God feel the furthest away? Because I know that God, Nothing separates from my love, and right, and, the, and God is, is, is with us. When there were other moments I felt like God was inviting me into this, like all of life is worship, the coach of my kid, Harvest soccer team, right, was like, hey, I'm going out of town, I need somebody to coach the game, and, and all this. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Guys, that was overwhelming. <laughs> and I came home like dead to the world. 
And I even read that morning. I read that morning, Jesus was like, whoever welcomes children welcomes me. Right? And I'm like, oh, this is worship. This is worship. And I was filled, zonked. And Carmel's like, you're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> It, it, it doesn't take the way, and I'm like, I like knowing these kids' names, and I like cheering for them. I don't like subbing, and I get stressed, and, and picking, you know, and like, there's like three of them that are pretty good, and like eight of them that are terrible. <laughs> and I want to keep the three that are really getting in the whole time, right? Um, right, and it's like, that, it's not about performance, right? <laughs> it's about connection, and even I know it, it, it's this whole weight, right? You just was honked. All of life is worship, this chance to live in connection to the God who loves us and says nothing separates you. So for the moment, I'm going to, extroverts, you're going to do great at this. Introverts, you're going to struggle. I'm sorry. But would you share the person if you can? Come, just like, even if you can, just real briefly, when was the moment last week that God felt the closest? And was there a moment that God felt far. And if you just turn to the person, if something even just comes to your mind, if you don't have an answer saying, I just didn't have time to think, and that's a big question. I totally get it. But I would love for you to take some time just to think about that. So take, just take a minute and turn to somebody who's near you and say, do you have an answer? Did God feel close? Was there a time when God was felt close, right? Because this is all about you perceiving. And so turn and talk for, I'll give you a minute, and then we're going to take communion. Use the chat on Zoom, um, if you're on there, just to kind of use that for those of you who are there. We'd love you to connect that way.
Awesome. Hey, thank you for taking a moment there. That's a question. It's an intimate question, right? It's a question that, as you're wanting to build real conversations with people, so if you know them and things like that, it's a beautiful question of saying, when did God feel near and when did God feel far? It's not meant that then we fix each other, right? If we're like, when? I, maybe God didn't feel near and God just feels far. Is that a chance that we just get to organize around connection, right? Not having to do better. But caring for each other that we know God loves us. That God is with us, that nothing can separate us from God's love. And for someone to feel disoriented in that way for a long period of time is painful, right? And so then we want to embrace each other. Remind each other of God's love. Not that they got to perform anything. Right? They need, they need to be embraced, loved, comforted, reminded. And so Jesus, Jesus encouraged us to, to do something that was meant to help us with connection with one another and with God. Now, we do it in an odd way, right? This, this, was, this is not, I mean, yeah, these are these elemental things, right? And, and we're going to do it, but I want to invite you to do it again this week. Again. And not with, don't take this thing home, right? <laughs> this, this thing is actually pretty terrible. But gather around a table, with a meal, right? Dinner. And if you can, invite other people to it, to be with them, to eat with them, for the sake of connection, remembering God's goodness to us, remembering God's love for us, God's nearness, and God's provision. So we're going to take this today. Um, this is not ideal, but it's adequate, right? It's adequate. Idea would be at home, around your tables, with our communities, like Amanda's doing, right? And I want to encourage you, um, open your table. Open your table. And, and you don't have to do anything super religious, right? But just be connected to one another and be reminded of the connection to Jesus. Tom and Marty are going to play. So here's what, again, Romans 8. God is for us. Who can ever be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading with us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? No. And so let's eat. So open this up and... You got a little cracker, right? It's remembering, oh, Christ's body given for us. 
That's all right, Taylor. You can, you can go ahead and throw it in your mouth. Eat this cracker, right? God, thank you for your provision of your love. We bless you, God. You gave yourself up for us. Praise you. Eat. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. You taste better than that stale cracker. It's like we're punishing you. Man, that is awful. You all got to, if this counts, if this counts, what you do at home is going to be a thousand times better. It's about remembering the love of Jesus. <laughs> We're making it hard. And Jesus, right, his blood shed for us. Oh, Jesus. Your blood shed to bring the forgiveness of sin. We are in right standing with you, right? We've got connection with God. You don't got to perform anything. But yeah, our life is worship because God loves us so much. God's not going to accuse you. He stands interceding, interceding for you. His words are not condemnation, it's intercession. Thank you, God. Let us take hold of that connection and that love that you have for us. We bless you, God, for your blood that was shed for us. Amen. And we're going to close with just singing, right? May you hear the voices next to you. May you sense the connection that we have with the worshiping body across this world, with one another and with our God who loves us. So let's stand and sing. This is my desire to
I've been playing piano for church since I was nine years old, and uh, this isn't a performance for me. This is a connection for me. This is how I connect with God's people every Sunday or when it's my turn. <laughs> and um, I don't get nervous when it's when I get up here. I, uh, I'll hit a clunker on the piano every once in a while, and my voice will go flat every once in a while, and it's just my way of keeping it real, I guess. But but this is this is my thing. This is what God has called me to do, and I love it. Um, but it's not a performance, and this is my way of worshiping. And uh, I love to connect this way. And uh, like I said, this is what I do. And uh, I love to connect. And uh, I just wanted to share that. And uh, I, I love being here. I love doing this. And I love to connect this way. So let, let's do this song one more time. This is my desire to Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.